Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pod 2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group, where we talk with business executives and thought leaders about the technology, market issues, and indirect route-to-market trends impacting the world around us. I'm your host, Larry Walsh. Channel chiefs change jobs all the time, but they typically inherit the programs. They rarely get the opportunity to change them much, and oftentimes, they're limited in what they can do. Rare is the opportunity to build a channel program from the ground up. Not only did our guest on this episode build a new channel program, but he did it before he got the job to run it. I'm thrilled to have Bill Lipson join us for this episode. He's one of the better known channel chiefs in the business and widely considered by many channel executives as one of the most knowledgeable and experienced indirect sales and go-to-market leaders. He's held channel leadership positions at CA Technologies, Brocade, and NetApp. For the last few years, he's been doing consulting work helping vendors build and shape their channel programs. And last year, Bill was working on the development of Cohesity's new channel program, which came out in October. The work was so enticing, he joined Cohesity last October to run the program he designed. Formerly, he's the company's vice president of global channel sales, but we will just call him the channel chief. I recently caught up with Bill to talk about the transition back into the channel chief role and the experience of building a channel program from the ground up for a company like Cohesity, which has lofty growth expectations. And with that, welcome to Pod 2112, Bill. Well, thanks, Larry. It's good to be here. Well, you know, Bill, you know, you've, you've been in the channel for, I'm not going to even begin to say how long. Um, let's just say I've, you know, longer than I have, and that's not something I'm really proud of either. But you've been on the consulting side of the business for a couple of years now. What drew you to the ranks of being a channel chief again, and why Cohesity? Well, as you mentioned, I have seen a lot of companies, a lot of technologies, but every once in a while, and I'll say very, very seldom, you actually see a company and a technology that really can change the way an industry works. And that's what Cohesity is all about, redefining data management, not taking the same old stuff and trying to do it differently, but a brand new bottoms up build as to how you handle data management. When you see one of those opportunities, whether you're a potential channel chief, a channel partner, or anybody in the industry, you have to not just stop and take a look, but if you have the opportunity to jump in, jump in with both feet. And that's what got me over here. So you're coming in at a really interesting time. Cohesity is, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, launched a new channel program, complete with new incentives and resources and benefits. It, it looks really comprehensive what you're doing and what Cohesity is doing with its partners. What is the new program and what are the objectives behind it? Well, with the kind of success that we've had in the past, which has been quite extraordinary with our partners, in fact, we're 100% partner-driven as a company, not not channel-friendly, 100% partner-driven. I think part of the, one of the questions is, well, why change what you're doing as well? But we're stepping into a new level of both customer acceptance as well as an area where I believe partners can generate even more value, not just with Cohesity, but for our mutual customers. And that's the whole thinking behind the partner program. How do you ensure that you continue to drive the kind of momentum that we've seen in the past with our partners? How do you make it easier, words that are often mouthed by different companies, But how do you actually translate that into things such as more automation so you don't have to use 
spreadsheets to get information in. You don't have to repeat the same type of information over and over again. And then how do you focus your investments with partners to drive even more success for both our partners and our customers, not to mention Cohesity? What's it like to take over the, the leadership and the management of a, of a channel like this in flight already? Well, the, the luxury I had was that I was actually doing consulting with Cohesity prior to me joining on as a full-time employee. That gave me a, not just the opportunity to help shape the new customer or channel partner program, but also to understand the way things worked inside Cohesity, as well as an exercise that I performed when I was a consultant to talk to a number of the channel partners, to understand the successes they were having, areas that they were looking for improvement in working with Cohesity, and what else they thought really could help change the trajectory that was already uh, on a rocket ship uh, trajectory and make it even better for everyone involved. What was it about the, the existing program? Because the last rev of this program was in two, uh, October 2018, about a year or so ago. What was it that changed in the, in the environment and, and changed amongst the partners that you were hearing that necessitated actually going through and, and infusing the changes that you did? You've, you know, you've been added a number of new benefits, talked about the you know, adding automation to a lot of the processes. What was the condition that actually that actually necessitated that? There are a few areas that really necessitated looking at evolving the channel partner program. It's not a revolutionary set of changes. It's more of an evolutionary approach. But one was the fact that we were seeing specific partners investing more with Cohesity to drive even more success, which was both a combination of increased bookings, but also increased margin. And for those partners that had decided that they were going in to really work closer with Cohesity, we wanted to provide a benefit for them. And so it was everything from a new level of recognition as well as additional incentives. And we think that will translate into even more success for everybody that wants to jump in with both feet. For those that are still trying to wean themselves from some of their legacy approaches to data management. We're trying to give them a smoother path so that they can start to see success and then move their way up in that in their own time with a comfort level that they have. But along the way, give them both the path as well as a level of comfort that Cohesity will be with them along that journey. Yeah. You know, you one of the things that, that I took away from when Cohesity announced your appointment as the channel chief as well as the announcement of the new program is, is that growth performance that you talk about is that uh, 75% of your active partners have grew their business greater than hundred percent last year and more than 50% grew their businesses greater than 200%. I mean, those are phenomenal numbers that you're walking in with. Uh, it does indicate though, that there's, you know, when you, when you say active partners, it does, that is a really interesting qualifier to indicate that there are other partners out there that are still maybe opportunistic or less active. Um, is this part of the strategy that's going into this is to create the incentive structure to get more of these partners into an active position the way these high growth partners are? Definitely. But I think I'd add a couple of more points to what you said. 
it's not just that some of those partners are active, but we're looking for even greater adoption by more of their sellers and their SEs. And I have to emphasize the SE part of this because what I've seen is when the SEs and our partners realize exactly what Cohesity can deliver, they're the ones that start getting even more excited than the salespeople. And they bring their sale, their sellers along with them because they can see that backup is not an overly exciting area of the business, but the way that we do it, especially the way that we include cloud capabilities, really is revolutionary. But the platform that Cohesity provides also allows continued use cases and other sources of revenue for customers to use our platform with. And so your point about the kind of success they've seen in revenue growth, a lot of that's been with some net new logos, but what we've seen is that it's more of a land and expand strategy that really is working well. And so you partners have been seeing that when they get their first sale with Cohesity, within the next 18 months, they probably get additional sales of almost three times the initial sale. Because what's, what's happening is that the customers are beginning to realize that this platform allows them to do all the things that they're currently doing in silos. And in fact, do more than they're doing in their current silos. Yeah. Hey, Bill, do you know when backup, you know, really gets exciting? When, when's that, Larry? It's when you don't have it. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, then whenever anybody says backup isn't exciting, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, see what happens when you don't have it. That's when things really get exciting. You know what? You are, you are, you are in such a great point because I think so often people have thought of backups just an insurance policy. And it's so much more than that. If you use your backup properly using technologies like different types of dedupe or or other types of mass restore, you can do so much. You can let your test and development people use a, a copy of the data. You can have uh, not just backup, but disaster recovery as well. And as you know, with the fires in California and the tornadoes in other parts of the country, a disaster recovery is not a nice to have. It's an absolute mandatory nowadays. But you don't want to keep on doing it the same way you've done it in the past. Uh, the maintenance alone of just renewing what people have been doing with legacy vendors is something that requires a hard look from a customer perspective. And partners really can add value by bringing something new to the table for their customers. Cohesity yeah. offers that. You know, I, I'm with you. I think that there's, you know, one, I, I, I try to think of any technology investment is not as an, you know, an insurance policy or a cost center that it's an opportunity to do something more. Um, and I, and I hear what you're saying about that the land and expand, because that's typically the way that it happens is that once you get into, once a partner or a vendor like Cohesity gets in with a, with a service and a product offering like Cohesity has with backup and data management, the customers tend to, feed off of the benefits is that once they get a taste of it, they want more of it. And that leads to the explosion and, and uh, the expansion of, of the utilization, which leads to more revenue. Um, I, I do want to ask though, if that if the land and expand is working as well, why is it that the cohesity is rewarding the, the acquisition of net new customers, those net new logos. And why is it that you have to put a carrot out in front of partners to get them to go hunt for those new those new customers. If all we were looking at, I think, was just revenue, 
uh, and we're, you, we should be happy with the kind of growth we've seen. But to your point, in terms of net new customers, I believe that's always going to be one of the objectives we have. There is so much opportunity to get even a stronger foundation for future growth by capturing those new customers and then following, as you said, that land and expand type of approach. And you and I have seen this many times. There's so many areas that a channel partner rep can spend time with security, networking, compute, and you have to find a way to get above the noise. And that's why we continue to look at what's worked in the past, but what's going to work in the future. Because as you know, not every one of our channel partners is at the same stage or the same business model. And so you need some of the tried and true areas such as MDF, which I know people have, have tried to walk away from. It's still a tool in the kit bag that can be used effectively for certain times. For the spiff that we've offered to our partners, sell, sellers, and SEs, I mean, that really has caught people's attention. We've got for signing up net new customers, sales and SEs can make anywhere between five dollars and $50,000 for a single transaction, depending on the deal size. But I'm going to go back to what you and I just were referring to. We're not just looking for that first sale. We're also rewarding them for going back and selling additional use cases. A little bit of a different twist. So the whole idea behind our investments, our channel programs, and quite frankly, the way we work with our channel partners is to grow this company as fast as possible. To realize the opportunity that has been sitting stagnant for the last 10 to 15 years with legacy technologies and do things that do things so different that customers are referring to it exactly the way I just heard a customer at our recent customer advisory council say, I've been looking for this for years. Where have you been? And I guess the answer is you know, the, with the founder, Dr. Mohit Aaron, who created the Google file system as part of the team, in fact, the lead of the team, the man who is considered the father of HCI, hyperconverged infrastructure, since he was the co-founder of Nutanix, has now brought something new and revolutionary again to the market with Cohesity, with data management for enterprises, governments, right along the entire spectrum, but especially focused on mid-market and enterprise customers and organizations. Bill, you said it, so that I didn't have to. There are people out there that that think MDF is a uh, is an uh, and is obsolete. It's sort of an antiquated notion from the past channel models. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say that there are people out there that want to smother it in its sleep, but you know, I haven't met a CFO yet that doesn't question why money is being spent on MDF. Um, but one of the things that I took particular notice of in the in the new you know, program design is not just the automation you've baked into into the MDF process, but there's actually a twenty four there's twenty four seven help desk support around MDF. Talk a little bit about that because that seems a bit unusual to to think that I need to have twenty four seven access to process or apply or process MDF claims. Well, part of that 24-7 recognizes the fact that we're a global company. And so you've got partners right around the world who don't necessarily work on the California 9-to-5 approach. 
But I'd say even more importantly, we're trying to make sure that we have as aggressive and proactive a plan in place as possible to allow our partners to really realize the opportunities that are in front of us. And so that 24-7 gives them that white glove type of approach so that we don't, we've knocked down the obstacles to having them be as aggressive as we'd like to be in the marketplace. But Larry, I'm going to go back to your point about, about MDF. And you're right. This is a constant uh, debate, I think, especially between how, what is included in an MDF, how you approach it. Right now, it's still a tool. It's not the tool, but a tool that we're going to continue to provide to our partners. Not all are going to take advantage of it, and that's fine because we have other ways to work with them based on their business models. Right. Right. And hey, Bill, can you do me a favor? Because this is going to be real breaking news to whoever's listening to this podcast. Can you name one of those California companies that works nine to five? <laughs> I, um, I, I, haven't, I, have, I have not been watching today's um, political rhetoric, but I'm going to guess I'll have to take the fifth on that one. <laughs> All I know is that I started my day at 4 a.m. with somebody on the phone with somebody in California and somebody in Moscow. So I'm, I'm going to say that that's hashtag fake news. Um, <laughs> you know, you've talked about how the, the program, this the cohesive program helps partners differentiate themselves in the market. And, and this is an area where I've been conflicted in my thinking over the years because I absolutely concur that every business needs to have a value, a unique value proposition. It needs to be able to tell the world what it is, how, how they're going to change our lives or how they're going to change the world around them. But when I see a vendor like Cohesity say, you know, we're going to help partners you know, differentiate themselves in the market, I kind of back up a little bit and say, why is that your responsibility? So what are you doing and, and why are you doing it? I'd say it's a joint responsibility. And the reason I phrase it that way is because, as you know, not every channel partner is the same. Everyone has something unique. If they don't, I would question their long-term viability in the marketplace. And so what we're trying to do is ensure that we are appreciating their uniqueness and helping them try to accentuate that as we use our technology uh, to find ways for them to not just fuel their growth, but continue to emphasize how they are differentiated from others. And I'll give you examples that you and I would both recognize. For example, some of our partners are much more focused on large enterprise customers. They have amazing labs and consultants inside their labs that take our technology and can do a proof of concept. But the power is then showing how our technology works in a multi-vendor environment, looking at different server types, whether it's an HPE or a Cisco server, for example, showing how it integrates into the, into the compute as well as a networking side of the business. That kind of unique capability is what we'd like to continue to allow our partners to strive towards so that they can add more value to their customers. In that case, they probably don't need MDF. What they're looking for is making sure that they have not for resale software. They have cohesity technology inside their uh, lab, lab uh, organization. That they've also got us working together with our own sales teams 
to ensure that we're, we've identified those accounts where together we can be more successful. And so it gets down to a much more granular, less programmatic in some cases, approach to how you manage your channels. And that's one of the things back on our point about Cohesity being 100% partner driven that sets us apart. We've got joint territory planning with some of our key partners. Those that are willing to step in and say, uh, we're going to be leading with Cohesity and here's the value we're going to provide and in return, here's what we need from you. And so you use the program, you use MDF, you use SPIFs, but you, I'd say just as valuable a tool is the integration and collaboration with our own sales teams. Yeah, Bill, this is, I like the way you, de- you describe this as being evolutionary. And, and I think that's one of the things that we often lose sight of. I, and like you, I'm, I spend my days talking with people about, about channel theory to channel execution. And it, it's, it, it really is, it's, it's been an evolution. So I, I'm just curious though, is that as you're stepping into a truly innovative company like Cohesity, that is a part of this wave of digital transformation and, and building the next generation of, of technology and business. How has it evolved from your first days in the business? How is this entire process and, and from a from a strategic to an to an execution level changed in your eyes? Well, as you pointed out earlier, I've been doing this a long time when in fact when I got into the channel business as a vendor, we, we termed, we never used the words channel partners. It was resellers and they were viewed as an extension of the vendor's sales force. And then the bars showed up value added resellers. And now I truly believe that some of our channel partners are true solution providers that take the best of all the different vendors they work with and bring that as a true solution to their customers. To the point where I'm so, I find it so refreshing to hear certain customers saying, I love your technology. Here's the partner I want you to work with because that partner adds value much more than any vendor can do on their own. Larry, I don't even know if you know, but at one point after I left a major, one of the largest uh, vendors in the industry, I actually was a bar, um, half billion dollar bar. I got a real eye-opener as to the difference between what I thought the programs were, were that I was spewing out as a, as a vendor to what the partners were doing with them. And I've tried to use that plus this evolution that, that you just talked about or we just referred to in terms of how the market shifted on us to try and constantly think through that as I'm having conversations with my partners and, as importantly, conversations internally to both educate my internal stakeholders, but also make sure that when we announce a program, when we look at a SPIF, when we consider how we're going to work with a partner, it's not just from a vendor-only perspective, but really trying to make sure I'm sitting in the shoes of the individuals across the table from us as well, or maybe said betterly, beside us at the table. Yeah. So speaking of that, though, Bill, because that's one of the issues that often comes, you know, frankly, it's coming up in conversation far too regularly for my taste, is this notion of the channel becoming antiquated. As you've seen this evolution, particularly different companies through different lenses, both as a vendor, as a, you know, as a partner, no, I 
did not know that. Um, also, as a consultant, um, you know, you've you've had the a full view on this. Can you envision a time in the you know in the near future or you know far future where the channel it doesn't exist and that a company like Ohisi has to go to market alone, or is that a practical impossibility? Yeah, I think the natural answer would be, of course, I can't see it. And people would expect the channel chief to say that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify that a little bit differently by saying there will be channel partners that will not make it longer term. But I believe there are enough smart individuals and teams out there who recognize and realize what customers need. And they're constantly reinventing themselves to ensure that they are providing the value to customers. I think that's been a major switch, Larry, in that in the past, I believe a lot of the resellers were so focused on satisfying the vendor that they may have lost sight of just how important the customer is and always will be. And so they have changed their business models. They've changed their approach to working with vendors so that they're even more integral in making sure that they're adding value to the customers. And as you start to realize that the complexity that I think we're seeing in this industry is continuing to grow with the cloud, with all types of vendors now trying to compete with either more of a vertical integration capability or finding new ways to work with with, uh, partners at the technology level, our channel partners become more important in my mind. The term meet in the channel has more strength and power than ever before. And I believe that's because our channel partners that are being truly successful have found ways to translate that into value for the customer. And the vendors have to recognize that there has been a pendulum swing and that channel partners have more value than they may have seen in the past and will continue to, I believe, find ways to make that happen. Yeah. You know what? I, I couldn't agree more. And Bill, this is why conversations with you always makes me, I always walk away feeling a little smarter. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, tell you, I, I take that as a compliment because I've got to tell you, you teach me something every time we, we talk. And I, I, I don't, I, I realize that maybe I'm not as smart as I think, but Larry, you got me on something else. And I know I'm probably talking faster and more energetic than before. That's part of a channel chief's job is to educate internally everybody in the company. And I, and I really truly mean everybody uh, as to the value that a channel provides and the, and the fact that a channel is not a monolithic entity. Instead, it's made up of a number of different types of business models and many different companies. And one of the challenges that every vendor has is to determine the value that they need from those channel partners to help them be successful. But ideally, you do it together. How can I help my channel partners be successful while I'm helping my company be successful? Because the ultimate winner is going to be the customer. Yeah. I, you know, Bill, I, I couldn't, you know, again, I can't agree more. And, and what we do here, we have a process for that at 2112 where we walk vendors through that through that motion. And it, it never ceases to amaze me when when vendors will come to us, technology vendors, cloud vendors, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter who they are. They come to us asking for guidance on how to engage with what channel partners are, how to build programs. And the first question we ask them is, you know, first question is what's the objective? Second question, what's the mission of the partner? And they look more times than I care to, I care to divulge. 
they look at us like we have two heads because they don't understand the question. And I think that that's what you just said is is part and parcel of, of the rural channel chiefs need to impart that wisdom they need to impart that this isn't just put product out and things will happen. This is about creating creating value chains and that have purpose and not just you know the and it's not just a, a mechanism of money. And when I was consulting, I did have the opportunity to talk to some of your clients, and they told me that they found that part of the exercise extremely valuable. Let me tell you what they they also told me, which I don't know if they've told you or not, because then I think you took them down a couple of levels, not just what you just talked about, but then what are you going to do as the vendor to work with those business partners? And most people can answer that question. You then took them down deeper levels, and that's where I've seen a real miss with a lot of companies is it's not just understanding what you're trying to accomplish, what your partners are trying to accomplish, but how you're going to work on this together to a level of granularity that then gets you into an execution pattern that should have you either being successful or very quickly determining where you're off base. And then you start to fix that. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And with that bill, I think I need to, I need to cut you a spiff. So <laughs> Bill, it's great it is great having you on Pod Twenty One Twelve. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Larry. Always a pleasure. That's all the time we have for this edition of Pod Twenty One Twelve. I want to thank our guest Bill Lipson, Vice President of Global Channel Sales at Data Management Vendor Cohesity for joining us. And of course I also want to thank all of you for joining us on Pod Twenty One Twelve, a production of the Twenty One Twelve Group. 2112 is the leading provider of research strategy development and enablement services for B2B technology and manufacturing companies around the world. For more information about how 2112 can help your business, visit our website at the2112group.com. Also, check out Channelnomics, 2112's news and analyst site that provides the best insights into business practices and market trends. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to Pod 2112. In fact, to recommend it to your friends. You don't want to miss a single conversation with the executives and thought leaders shaping the world around us. You can subscribe to Pod 2112 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's easy to subscribe, so do so today. Thanks again for listening to Pod 2112. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh.